bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league and state of origin. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. As the Beatles said, you get by with a little help from your friends. And tonight, my friends are Daniel Friend, Chris Waring, and Miles Stedman. Miles, it's been a hot minute since we spoke. And how you been, mate? Good. How have you been, Bo? Look, not so bad. Um, I had a pretty good weekend. I, I, except, like, there was one point yesterday afternoon where I literally just carked it in the afternoon. I completely missed the Broncos game because I was so tired. And then I woke up to, like, 140 messages from you blokes. So, that was <laughs> that was always good reading. Chris, uh, you were a, a key contributor in that. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Had a pretty good weekend. COVID-free, finally. So You can finally enjoy your school holidays, or at least the second week of it. And... Daniel Friend, you can also enjoy your second week of the school holidays. How have you been? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Uh, a little Beatles reference at the start. Don't mind that. More of a Rolling Stones man myself, but yeah, we'll, yes. we'll go with the Beatles. As the Rolling Stones said, you can't always get what you want. Let's jump <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the Wildcard Awards, boys. I'll start us off. I'm going to go with the Tell Your Story Walking Pow Award, which goes to Scott Morrison not satisfied with being amongst the most incompetent prime minister the nation has ever seen and certainly the most corrupt. Instead of serving the people of his electorate who voted him in, he's done sweet fuck all. And now he wants to get a job on the board of the Australian Rugby League Commission. If the NRL and ARLC have any good sense, they'll give him the Tell Your Story Walking Pow Award. Friendy, what's your wildcard award this week? My wildcard award this week, though, is the Tom Petty Award, and it goes to the club that's in a bit of freefall at the moment, uh, <laughs> the Melbourne Storm, which is really surprising to say because they've been a, a great club for a long time. But tell you what, the last few weeks have been yeah really eye-opening. Their form's been disgraceful. Uh, the edge defence is pathetic, and it's not things that you would associate Craig Bellamy coach teams with. So, yeah, that's who mine is for this week. I, I will just jump on that really quickly because we've noticed that, you know, missing guys like, like Dale Finuc and Nico Hines has obviously made a bit of a difference to the Storm. Throw in the fact that Christian Welch is injured, that certainly doesn't help. Uh, throw in the fact that next year they're going to be losing the Bromwich brothers, Felice Kafusi and Brandon Smith. Suddenly mm. that Melbourne Storm core forward pack is is looking very thin on the ground. Do you do you see that Tom Petty behaviour continuing in the future, Friendy? Yeah, it could. I do think they'll bounce back before finals, but uh, and they'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. But I, I never thought at the start of the year I'd be saying the Melbourne Storm are missing someone like a Remus Smith, um, which they are. They're, they're like Remus Smith, Xavier Coates, uh, all, all guys out on the fringes there. Um, their replacements have been really ordinary, and, and it really shows. Absolutely. Miles Stebman, what's your wildcard award this week? Well, I've got the Is Poochie Okay With Everybody wildcard award for <laughs> the machines and I guess all the West Tigers. Um, well, it's hard to know whether chicken or egg came first with Sheen's apparently about to be appointed slash appointing himself head coach of the club. Um, it's I should say it hasn't happened yet. Um, it's a mere suggestion, so um, I won't go too hard. And look, I, I ultimately, I think it would probably be at this point having missed out on um, who the, the assumed um, best available coaching hire in, in Cameron Serrato, uh, I don't think it would probably be the, the worst idea for Sheens to come in and, and point them around for a few seasons. Um, obviously, as we've discussed offline a fair bit, they've got 
quite a sharp looking spine for next year. Um, assuming Luke Brooks doesn't play in it. Um, <laughs> they're a decent, I think a decent forward pack backs are a little bit ordinary. So um, they'll be looking to sort of make up for lost time from this year. Um, so in that respect, I don't think Sheens would be the worst hire, but it certainly doesn't look that great when you've missed the finals for God knows how many straight years now. And um, you sort of kind of, Looking around, you missed out on your first option. You're like, well, what about this guy who coached us 10 years ago? Yeah, sure, that'll do. does look a little bit careless. And he's also 71 years old. So there's a, there's another little part of the puzzle there. Uh, I would suggest it's probably going to be a short-term hire if he is the, the answer to that question while they try and uh, groom some of those young players and perhaps another young coach to take over from him. Chris, you're a Tigers fan. Before we get into your Tigers thoughts on Tim Sheens, what is your wildcard award? All right, so mine's also West Tigers related. It goes to Brett Kamali. Um, So the award's a bit lengthy, so just you'll have to deal with me for a second. So the award's called Mr. Kamali. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things <laughs> I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this press conference is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no competition wins and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> now, this is specifically referring a bit of a niche complaint, but it's one I have regardless. Brett Kamali in his press conference. Now, like, I don't want to rag on the bloke, but he has the worst press conferences I've seen for any football coach ever. <laughs> He's, like, barely coherent. He got asked about some reporter, I think it was a pointed question, saying, like, Adam Dewey was kicking in play from centre. And all that. Well, Adam Dewey's kicks are pretty good. The Matt Burton S, that was a rough scope of the question and then Brett Kamali links it to Adam Dewey kicking off and how it's good for us to get the ball down on their try line to start a set and it's just like hey what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, anyway it goes to Brett Kamali <laughs> yeah so uh, Chris putting that all together I'm guessing that you are not going to uh, co-sign any uh, any desires or petitions to have Brett Kamali installed as the permanent head coach how do you feel about the Tim Sheens thought bubble well yeah i'm not i think i'm with miles is it the best idea i don't think it's the best idea but i don't think it's the worst one they could make especially considering you know um just because you've coached a club before doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing just look at ivan cleary for that for example but yeah in in light of um yeah if he's if he's there for like two seasons three seasons and then there's you know a more capable um assistant or something that's ready to take over like a Serato if that's what he's looking for or you know someone else or name kind of escapes me but yeah in terms of what's happening at the moment it's not I don't know I'm just kind of I'm kind of in the middle it's not I don't think it'd be a horrible decision but I don't think it's an amazing decision either Freddie I would like to get your thoughts on this too do you think uh Tim Sheen's getting the band back together potentially I've heard word that maybe Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrow could be assistants Freddie is that going to be a good move for the Tigers yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, obviously, uh, Tim Sheens has great credentials across his whole career, but the Tigers also punted him over 10 years ago as well as head coach, and that was for a reason too. So uh, I guess we'll see if that's the right thing to do or not. Benji and Robbie strike me as people that are more um, maybe consultants for, say, halves or, or creative players or something. I don't think they 
to me, they don't strike me as people that are ready to be full-time assistants, especially to an older coach who hasn't done it for a long time in the NRL. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm not sure it's the right go. I also can't see someone that's going to take over as head coach coming and being an assistant to Sheens. That Wouldn't they just want the job straight away? Um, so they're in a bit of a tough spot, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miles, just to get your thoughts on that one, you've already said that Tim Sheens wouldn't be the worst, but what about getting the band back together with Benji and, and Robbie Farrer? Uh, well, it, you know, it's a hard thing to sort of analyse. Uh, I have absolutely no idea um, what they offer in terms of um, coaching ability. Obviously, fantastic players, and, and sometimes um, fantastic players do make good positional coaches, uh, as we've sort of seen with Trent Barrett. Um Andrew Johns is apparently a fantastic halves coach, um, so it, it could it could do well. But uh, as I have mentioned offline, it it could um, could very well if it, if it goes poorly spoil the memory of um, probably the, the joint ventures three greatest um, greatest servants, which would be uh, an extra sort of um, kick in the guts for Tigers fans. But let's uh, let's not manifest that into the world. Let's um, let's hope that Sheens is appointed. He appoints. Farrow and Benji alongside him, and um, they all live happily ever after. Calling those three the greatest servants of the club, surely that's a kick in the guts to Deloise Hoyter there, Chris Waring. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you... Luke Brooks. <laughs> all Luke Brooks. Uh, <laughs> Chris, um, just on personality-wise, Robbie Farrow obviously has had his troubles. Um, gelling with particular people within the organisation, he's been attributed... The uh, the death knell with two of their coaches. Do you do you think he could be a positive influence on the team in some sort of capacity there? Yeah, again, it's kind of hard to gauge without being on the inside. But my instinct is kind of similar to um, both the boys in terms of he just I don't know. He just I think he'd be really good, like a really good hooking coach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really it's hard to tell. He obviously does have a contentious bit of a contentious history with the West Tigers, but, you know, so does Benjamin Marshall to some minor extent to that point. But, um, yeah, honestly, like, it's at the point where, like, I'm not even sure. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure what they should do, to be honest. It just it just seems like an okay idea. Um, they do kind of put all their baskets in with Serrato, and then that didn't work. So, yeah, like, I, I'm not really sure, to be honest. So it's one all going into the decider, and as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad, and that's what both teams will be going for. So I do want to talk about some of the changes, though, that have happened to the squads. And, Friendy, let's talk about New South Wales's changes. Now, obviously, they decided to stick true with Stephen Crichton, uh, leaving Jack Whiten in the reserves. We have already spoken about that a little bit last week. We spoke about the fact that Jordan McLean came into the prop forward position and and why that might have been a defensive strategy. However, now that he has unfortunately been ruled out, they've got Jacob Saifiti coming in from the reserves, probably onto the bench with Junior Paolo moving into the starting side. Uh, Nico Hines has also dropped out of the reserves with COVID and Chad Townsend has come in to the reserves, although it's unlikely that he'll be used, obviously, unless something catastrophic happens for New South Wales. Friendy, what do you make of uh, Jacob Siafiti getting a bit of a go and the idea of, I mean, obviously it's very unfortunate for Jordan McLean. Yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the guts for Jordan McLean, isn't it, the poor bugger? But yeah, Jacob, uh, I think that's better him starting from the bench 
um, come on and make a bit of an impact in the middle, hopefully probably just for about 20 minutes in the in the game, maybe either side of half-time. Uh, Jake Trebojevic and Junior Paolo can play big minutes. So you've got Isaiah Yo, you can get Cameron Murray in the middle. Uh, Angus Crichton can sort of play anywhere too. So um, you've got enough coverage there. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I think the side looks pretty good, uh, fairly confident. Um, hopefully Chad Townsend doesn't even make it to the ground. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we should be right. Miles Stedman, uh, what do you think that New South Wales are going to do? Obviously, Jake, Jake Saifidi, like Friendy says, probably won't play the most minutes. Do you think they might get a few more minutes out of CSC for Talakai, who only played about, I think it was 17 minutes in game two? Uh, and you probably could use him in that forward rotation, obviously, as a back rower, but maybe even in the middle. Uh, do you think Fittler might have some different ideas there? i got no idea what Fittler's idea is. Um, he hasn't gone with a whole lot of size on the bench. Um of course, Talakai and even Crichton are, are big for, for back rowers, but they're not props. Um, and, of course, you know, we've, we've spoken at length about the, the hooking situation. Um, and, you know, Damien Cook off the bench, sure. Um, you know, he's a, he's a I think he's a good player at least, and I personally would have started him. But um, I certainly wouldn't be running with two hookers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he... Um, how Freddie divides up the the minutes in the middle. Um, I think interesting um, bringing uh, 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 well, having no sort of state of origin experience re um, props on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of an interesting move. So if say you know God forbid Paolo or, or Trevojevic gets injured, um, hard to see sort of who really leads from the front there. Um, but I'm sure Freddie will supposedly have something up his sleeve, right? Well, you want to hope so. Chris, do you have a, any sort of interesting ideas about how that all went down? I think it's similar to Friendly. I don't, I don't think there's any way Jake Saifidi is going to play more than, um, I'd say, 30 minutes. Obviously, this is injuries um, granted and considering that. But, yeah, I think they're going to make a you know any combination of Crichton in the middle, Murray shift into the middle, even Martin plays in the middle sometimes with Penrith. I think they're just trying to keep that, um, you know, uh, second row versus first second rowers who have versatility to be able to at least defend in the middle. Um, I, I do hold a bit of concern around. It, it's been hard to follow. Like the the selection for New South Wales this whole series has been really hard to track in terms of um, you know what the idea is. But yeah, I think I think even yeah, I think Paolo will probably start and then. Yeah, probably start feed play in the middle and then they'll work around that with any combination of Crichton or Murray or um, Martin. And it's interesting. I think New South Wales actually have more versatility. You guys are talking, a few of you are talking about the fact that they don't have a lot of size in terms of middle props, but they do have a lot of guys that can play in the middle. Uh, if, a, if a half goes down, you know, Matt Burton's in the centres right there. He comes into the halves. Talakai goes to the centres. Uh, if a hooker goes down, obviously they've got Damian Cook there. Front rowers might be a bit sketchy, but the back rowers, you know, uh, between Crichton and Talakai, you've got guys that can go back row or, cent- or in the middle. So lots of versatility there, whereas Queensland don't actually have that much in terms of versatility. If uh, if a half goes down for them, you'd probably have Ben Hunt plug in, but uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Queensland's lack of versatility. Let's talk about their changes. Uh, obviously, they they did name Murray Talangi and Cameron Munster. They basically named exactly the same team, except... Uh, Felice Kafusi was unavailable, so Jeremiah Nanai came into the starting side and Tom Gillett was onto the bench. Now, 
Uh, obviously, since then, Murray Taolangi and Cameron Munster have both had positive PCR tests, which means that they will be unavailable for this game and probably also for their club games afterwards. So that means that they've had to pull in a couple of changes. One is that Tom Dearden, who has been named uh, in the reserves, will play 5-8 alongside Daly Cherry Evans. So he'll be on debut, uh, as will Tom Gilbert on the bench. And with Murray Taolonghi being out, they've called Corey Oates into the squad, which I'm actually pretty unhappy about. As I've said a number of times, uh, if New South Wales did have an injury in the front row, they should have to pull from the reserves. And you know what they did? They pulled Jacob Siafidi in, and now he's going to get his game. I think that's the right way to use the reserves. In my opinion, Queensland should have made it work from within the squad, which meant probably Valentine Holmes going to the wing, Hamaso going to centre or just Hamaso straight to the wing because he was in the reserves list. Uh, however, now Corey Oates has just completely jumped over the top of Hamaso, which makes me a bit upset, not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, obviously, but I think there's just no point having a squad if you're going to do that sort of stuff. Chris, what do you reckon about that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it should be based purely on, you know, the, the, the selection, the squad selection should be holistic in its approach in terms of they should be ready to play. And that's why you select when New South Wales has done like a more um, versatile squad where, again, even though the size is lacking, it's more, you can shift it more through front row and back row. But saying that, um, yeah, I think I'll be interested to see what Queensland do. I, I think that there could be a chance Hunt will start in the halves, despite um, truth and honesty man, Billy Slater, saying not. Um, I am very curious to see what they do there. Actually, I think Tom Deaton will do, I think he'll have a good game, to be honest. I think he'll be up for it. Um, but yeah, I am curious to see how they manage to do that. I think Hunt, uh, so, sorry, Grant makes more sense off the bench in terms of their rotation. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me just in terms of um, you know big game experience in the halves. And Ben Hunt has been playing really well this year, so I think that's something to watch for, despite um, what the coaching may say. Friendy, what do you make of, of Queensland's team, including the fact that Dearden's at 5'8 and Corey Oates is on the wing? Do you see any uh, potential strengths or weaknesses there for Queensland? Oh, just the weakness is obviously Munster's attack. Like, he's phenomenal in state of origin, bouncing around everywhere, and uh, the defence sort of seems to hold off him. He's got that aura about him. So, so that's a big loss for them. But in terms of defence, uh, Tom Dearden's a tough little bugger. Uh, he'll make his tackles. He'll cop lots of traffic, that's for sure, but... I don't think he'll shirk the task. And, um, yeah, I probably would have picked Hamaso as well, but uh, they've gone with Uncle Toby's oats out on the left. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess he'll that, – that's probably more a yardage thing. So um, <laughs> Origin's a bit more of a, a yardage and momentum game. So I think Corey Oates probably offers that a little bit more than, than Tabio Afado. I would agree with that assessment. And – Miles, uh, we spoke about the fact that Tommy Dearden's going to be playing 5-8 and, and Chris and Friendy seem to think he'll be up to it. Uh, Tom Gilbert will also be on the bench. How do you how do you see the Maroons' debutants? Do you think they'll be up to it? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, don't know, um, I know, obviously, I'm cheering for New South Wales, but I don't want to sort of cheer against anyone to have a poor game or anything. Um, ideal scenario is they all play fantastically and New South Wales win by, wins by 20. Um, <laughs> Even Caelan Ponger. <laughs> except Caleb Potter, always except Caleb Potter. Um, but uh, no, look, I um, uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll play well enough. Um, I, I don't disagree with you guys. I think that um, Tabu Afido probably should have been selected. Um, I would have picked him ahead of Corey Oates. 
Um, that's I think Oates will do a fine job. He's, he seems to be gen- generally reliable when it comes to State of Origin. Um, and Dearden, I don't know who you pick outside of Dearden if you weren't going to choose him. May, like The only other thing that I could think is maybe Ponger into the halves and, and Brimson to fullback or Brimson straight into the halves. Who knows? But, yeah, look, I think this is, you know, Queensland, just like the past few years, the team still picks itself. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be up for it. Um, but I think hopefully New South Wales will be too good. All right, boys, let's talk about where it's going to be won and lost. Friendy, how, I'm assuming you're going to pick New South Wales. How are they going to get the job done and what weaknesses are they going to find in the Queensland side? Well, the weaknesses there out on that right edge, I believe, uh, like defensively for Queensland. So as we spoke about last week, you've got Nanai, Cherry Evans, Gagai and Cobbo out on that edge. So that's where I believe New South Wales will be going. They'll be going to their left. Um, I think that'll be a big thing. And the it's a big loss, Payne Haas, in the middle for New South Wales, really big, because I think this series has proved more than ever that it's... It's just purely yardage and momentum, state of origin. All the players are so good. There's minimal errors. Um, it, it's really just about banging it down the middle and, and trying to create something off the back of a quick play the ball. Uh, apart from that, it's yeah, it, it's very even. So I think that's when New South Wales will try and play most of their footy again. They got it wrong in game one, went too wide, but certainly won the middle last game. So, yeah, I think that's where they'll be trying to win. Miles, same question to you, mate. I, I assume you're going for New South Wales. As you said, New South Wales by 20, even with everyone but Callum Ponga playing a good game. So uh, <laughs> do you assume that they'll just be targeting Ponga with everything that they've, got, they've got? Maybe some high kicks from Matty Burton and Nathan Cleary? Or do you see this going maybe a different direction? Yeah, no, I, I do think New South Wales will win. Um, my, cons- my biggest concern for Queensland is that they're... Uh, best two players, at least from the series, I think, are, are not playing in, in Ruben Cotter and, and Cameron Munster. So, um, and that's, you know, in offense and, and defense. So they're going to have to find a, a lot of um, a lot of heavy lifting from um, some blokes who, some who have played well, some who haven't. Um, I, I don't know if this, just looking up and down the, the lineup for game three for Queensland, I don't know if it's the sort of team that can go out and win a state of origin decider, but I've been wrong before. Certainly been surprised before in that instance. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be picking New South Wales by, I'd say, about... I, I'm pretty confident, I'll say, about plus 12, I think. All right, interesting. Chris, uh, same question to you, mate. Where's it won and lost for New South Wales, I'm guessing? Yeah, I reckon um, Dan Gagai's origin career is probably on the line, depending on his performance. It's the, and they've gone the old Queensland loyalty faith pick, even though he probably hasn't deserved it. Um, yeah, I think that edge is going to be targeted. Um, yeah, even in the middle, but I agree with Friendly's point. I don't think with Papali'i, um, I think Queensland will hold a bit together without Payne Haas there. There's just no way you can replicate his, you know, forward momentum in the middle. But I think uh, I've, just because of that Queensland, it's at Suncorp, um, I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to go New South Wales. I think just... Um, Serious momentum. I think the loss of Munster is significant in terms of just a, a team confidence. But I'll go New South Wales by about six. I'm going to say that I'm very lacking in confidence, particularly after the performance in Game 2, uh, without Cameron Munster, obviously, as well. Now we we don't really have as much of a... A strike weapon there. Obviously, guys like Callum Ponga, you know, still provide a bit of that spark. But 
I'm a little bit worried as a Queenslander. I am going to tip them, you know, going to tip at the heart. Uh, but if Queensland are to win, it's definitely going to be a close game. And with that in mind, I think they really do need to, uh, like like Friendy's saying, New South Wales need to do, uh, really centralise their attack through the middle for the time being. And that's where Queensland's strengths actually are in this particular matchup. So I think Ben Hunt and Harry Grant match up pretty well against Karoyasau and Cook. So, you know, from, from dummy half, that's not such a bad option. I think our, our front row of Papali'i and Collins and Carrigan and Arrow lines up pretty okay against... Uh, Saifiti, Tavoyevich, and Paolo, and maybe Angus Crichton or Cameron Murray. Um, so I think I think we've got some you know some flexibility there that we can we can really really uh, knock the door down down the middle. Having no monster means that we're going to have less improvised football, I think, and we're going to have more structure, which which I'm a little bit worried about. Which makes me think that if Queensland are going to win, it's going to be a close one. I'm going to go for a 16-14 victory, uh, very similar to the first game. If they are going to win, it's going to be through effort, through uh, through amazing scramble, and through holding their own in the middle and holding them down that touch longer without getting sin-binned. <laughs> Friendy, uh, what's your score prediction? I've got New South Wales 20-12, to 12, so I think it'll be really close for a long time, but I'm just not sure Queensland have enough points without Munster. I think they'll defend stoutly for yeah a long time, and New South Wales will just get it at the end. Miles, you said 12-plus. Do you have a, a specific guess for us? Uh, no, I don't like um, picking a specific score because it opens me up to being more wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. 12-plus is still a good victory. Chris, how are you feeling for a score one? I'll go New South Wales 22, Queensland 16. I feel like you guys are being very, very generous. Uh, can I just pick your brains very quickly there? Friend, uh, Chris, you've already mentioned that that Suncorp factor, the decider, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Friendy, that's a pretty close game as well. Do you think Queensland's home game advantage is going to be a factor? Yeah, of course it is. 15,000, oh, sorry, 50,000 screaming lunatics up there for the, the Queensland <laughs> side. Um, yeah, it's definitely a factor. I think... Uh, They'll just their defense will be better. I guarantee it. Their scramble was outstanding in game one. I expect to see the same here in game three. Uh, they just there's only about twenty minutes or so that they they weren't great last game. They're, they're still a quality side, uh, and I believe it'll be really close. All right, uh, Miles, what do you think for first try scorer? Who's gonna who's gonna cross the stripe first? Uh, I think it'll probably be one of the New South Wales wings. I say Brian Toe, um, just because he's got a pretty good strike record in State of Origin. All right. Uh, Chris Waring, who is your first try scorer? Uh, I'm going to go Daniel Tupo. Wait, who's who's on? Who's marking Corey Oates? Whoever's on Corey Oates. Wing? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Tupo. I'll go Daniel Tupo then. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and Friendy, who do you like? Yeah, I'll stick with the guy I've gone with the last two games, uh, Brian Toe. All right, I'm going to go with Valentine Holmes. And Kieran has sent through his uh, predictions. He reckoned Apisai Karoyasau to cross over first. So maybe a cheeky little uh, dummy through the middle close to the line or even uh, support play through the middle, I would guess. Let's talk about player of the match. Chris, who do you have for player of the match? I'm going to go Isaiah Yo. That's the same as what Kieran has gone with. Miles, who do you like? I'm going to say Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary, of course. And Nathan, we trust. Friendy, can he get two in a row? Or are you going to stick tight with James Tedesco once again? 
I will be sticking tight with the blues skipper, James Tedesco. Very good. I, I can read you like a book. Um, and I've got Ben Hunt as player of the match. I think if Queensland are to get the victory, we're going to be, as I said, playing through that middle. And uh, I think he's going to be instrumental in whatever points we can conjure up. Let's talk player of the series. This is, of course, um, predicting how game three is going to go, but also taking into consideration how the previous two have gone. Freddy, who do you like for player of the series here? Yeah, that same guy again, uh, James Tedesco. So the way I see it, uh, he, in both the matches, for me, he would have got the two points, and that's how they do the judging. They do 3-2-1 each game. Mm-hmm. So Munster, was he got three in the first game. I don't think he would have got any points last game. Nathan Cleary didn't get any in the first game for me. He would have got three points last time. So by my maths, Teddy's on four, and those other two are on three. So Munster's out. Cleary, yeah, who knows? He might be one of our best players as well, but Munster for me. Oh, sorry, Tedesco for me. Oh, I liked I liked it for a second. I thought, oh wow, do you have some mail about like Buzz, Buzz Rothfield over here? Letting us know that he's going to play. Tedesco. Buzz Friendy. <laughs> Buzz Friendy. Ah, uh, yes, no, James Tedesco, very good pick. Miles, who's your player of the series? Well, um, Nathan Cleary, I believe, was player of the game last game, wasn't he? Yes. Um, I've tipped him to be player of the game again this game. So um, by that logic, I think Cleary will probably win player of the series. Yeah, that that makes sense. And Chris, who do you like? I felt I felt like um, Chief Wigan with Professor Frank there when Frank was going through those numbers. Here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, egghead. But I'm going to go with Tedesco. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite not understanding his numbers, you're going to join him anyway. Might sound good to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, player of the series from uh, Kieran. He's saying that Nathan Cleary, like you, Miles, I'm going to be optimistic and go for a Queenslander. I think Patrick Carrigan's been Queensland's best across both games. Uh, obviously, obviously, Munster was amazing in game one. Pat Carrigan might have been second or third best on the field. And uh, I think he was Queensland's best by a mile <laughs> in game two. So, uh, you know, assuming that he's one of the better players for them again, he might, he might sneak in there. I'm not going to do the Professor Frank uh, math on that one. Uh, and just by the way, as a game prediction, uh, Kieran has said that he thinks New South Wales will win. He hasn't got given me a score line, but he's going against the Maroons, which is quite a big call from him. Guys, let's talk about round 18, which is coming straight after State of Origin on Friday night. Uh, it's starting on... Friday at 6pm from Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. It's the Cowboys and the Sharks. Should be a very interesting game, this second versus fourth. Friendy, who's going to win this one? Yeah, it's certainly a, a, going to be a really good matchup, this one. I'll be going the home side uh, with the Cowboys there, and I think they'll be full of confidence and playing at home. The Sharks have uh, had a good season, but they've really beaten teams sort of outside the eight mostly, so it'll be a good test for them, and yeah, Cowboys for me. Cowboys for me too. I think they'll be looking to solidify that home ground advantage. Yeah, Sam, I'd be worried about how many would back up possibly, but I'll go. I'll stick with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll be going for the Cowboys as well. Heart pick, hometown team, uh, and just in really good form, finding ways to win when maybe they shouldn't. So uh, all good signs for the Cowboys. The later game, and mysteriously the game they've chosen to be on television on free-to-air, is the Eels versus the Warriors. It's 6th versus 13th. This is from Combank Stadium in Sydney. Miles, who's going to win this one? Um, I think that um, as average as the Eels have been recently, I I can't see the Warriors winning this one, especially coming back across from New Zealand back to Australia. So I'm going to go for the Eels. 
Yeah, I'll go Paramount as well. Can't see the Warriors won their premiership two weeks ago against the Tigers. I don't think they'll get back up for it. <laughs> and what a premiership it was, Friendy. Yeah, Eels by plenty. Yeah, every time I've said Eels by plenty, they've they've turned around and not turned up. So I don't really know. I will go the Eels, but I'm not as confident as you guys. Uh, they're just very unreliable this season, the Parramatta Eels. Speaking of unreliable... Two teams that are exactly that on Saturday afternoon. The the 10th place Roosters and the 9th place Dragons are playing at Central Coast Stadium in Gosford. Friendy, you might be able to check that one out on Saturday afternoon if you're not playing cricket. Um, Chris, who is going to win this one? Yeah, um, it's a hard game for Tip, to be honest. I think the Dragons were quite poor towards the end of the game last week. They just kind of lost their heads all throughout that game. I'm, not, I'm going to go the Roosters. I think the Roosters, just, I, I've been saying it all year, but I don't know. They've just got to click at some point, I reckon. It might as well be this week. They're like that, that dude standing on the front of the Simpsons lawn. They're just waiting for him to do something, the Roosters. <laughs> Friendy, will you be going to the game and who's going to win? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't even realise it was on, actually. So it shows the NRL promotion at the moment. Um, but I'll be going the Roosters. I did a little ladder predictor uh, the other day going through the games. And, and this is one that I did think that they would win. And I think they'll need to because I had them in finishing seventh at the end of the year. So, yeah, Roosters for me. Yeah, the Roosters have um, been much poorer than I thought they would be this season, and Dragons probably been a bit better than I thought they would be. But I don't think that the Roosters are at the level that when they're going to be losing to the Dragons. So I'm going to tip the Roosters by say eight points. The Dragons will be much better with Ben Hunt coming back into the team. I too will be going for the Roosters as well, though which obviously makes my Ben Hunt bit completely useless. Okay, so the next game is from Four Pines Park. It is the 8th place Seagulls and the 12th place Knights. Friendy, do you give your Knights much of a chance here? I do give us a little bit of a chance, but probably not enough. I, I think the, the Eagles might dish up a bit of a score on us here. So, yeah, I'll be tipping Manly. Yeah, I'm still pretty confident in Seagulls at Four Pines Park, so I'm going to dip Seagulls. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go Manly just because of the home ground factor, I reckon. Yeah, Manly's just been a lot more impressive this year as well. Um, so I'm going to go for Manly too. The Saturday, the final Saturday night game is a Queensland derby. It's the now 15th place Titans. They managed to uh, secure the bye, so they've toppled the Tigers, the poor old Tigers. And the uh, the fifth place Brisbane Broncos. It's from Seabus Super Stadium, which will be undoubtedly packed out. <laughs> Miles, who do you like for this one? I am going to go for the Broncos. I think they're Going from strength to strength. Yeah, uh, Broncos impressed me last week, even with all the um, players missing. So I think the Broncos should probably do a number on the Seabus Legends, the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I'll be zipping the Broncos as well. Too strong in the derby. Yeah, I, I, like you, Chris, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, as I mentioned. I was conked out, but I uh, I did watch the highlights and I was just, I was shocked to wake up and realise they won that easily against, you know, with, with that many players out. So, yeah, the Broncos, super impressive this year. I will be going for them. On Sunday afternoon from Combank Stadium again, second game of the weekend there, it's the, man, this is the bookends, isn't it? It's the Tigers at 16th versus the Panthers in first. Chris, dare I ask? Uh, cricket score, the Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing cricket at Combank now, Friendy. Yeah, I'll be going the bigger, scarier, darker cat, the Panther. Mm, I think so too, Miles. Well, look, I, I think the Panthers will probably rest a few players, but um, I, I still think that they'll probably win this game. Yeah, righto, Blake. Um, I'm going to go for... <laughs> 
I also am going to go for the Panthers on this one. Uh, shout out to our friend Blake. The next game on Sunday afternoon is from Amy Park in Melbourne. It is the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Storm free-falling into third against the Canberra Raiders. The disappointing Canberra Raiders, just considering they've got Jamal Fogarty in their team at 11th. <laughs> Friendy, who do you like here? I'll stick with the Storm here. And just a weird one. Can Cameron Munster play? He well, probably can, can't he? It would depend on... See, he, they, they've, the rapid antigen test was on Friday. The PCR result was probably on Saturday. So that's mm-hmm. seven That's seven days um, to Sunday. He might be available. They prob- they'll probably name him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, I'll be doing Melbourne either way, but yeah. Well, where is Cameron Munster self-isolating? Is it in Queensland? Is it in Melbourne? Um, because that might play a little bit of a factor, but uh, mm. I digress. Um, I'm still probably going to tip the storm here. I, I really don't fancy the Raiders at all against any good team. And Chris? Yeah, I think the storm um, went back down, but depends how many tries. <laughs> <laughs> depends nice. how many. Yeah, that was awful. It depends how many tries. Um, seven, that's in. But I'm going to go Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I like you. You guys have exhausted my Tom Petty knowledge, though. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. I can't respond. But that was that was good. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the, the final game is between. Oh, sorry, I'll go with the Storm as well. The final game is from Acor Stadium. It is the Bulldogs in 14th place against the Rabbitohs in seventh. Rabbitohs seem to have had a little bit of a, a renaissance of late. Miles, how do you see this one going? I am going to go the Rabbitohs. Um, I was down in the, the dumps about them um, when they were trailing the Knights uh, on Friday, I think it was, and they turned, turned it around in a big way. Latrell Mitchell showed how classy a player he is. So um, I'm, I'm not back-tipping the Rabbitohs full-time, but certainly against the Bulldogs I am. Yeah, I agree with Miles. Um, they just seem to, there's a bit more just about them, even if it kind of looks like spirit and effort-wise. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a close game, but I'm going to go South Sydney. Yeah, the Rabbitohs for me. Latrell will have his best game back so far, I think. And I'll round out my perfect round with a Rabbitohs tip as well. Did we tip like exactly the same for every game? I think we did. <laughs> great work guys Uh, (laughs) let's talk about poll predictions our poll prediction is that all four of us are going to get perfect rounds that'll be fantastic um my my poll prediction is an origin related one i've got ben hunt to create two try assists in origin three which is part of the reason why i tipped him to be player of the match and i'm just reading out kieran's one i'm not sure how bold it is but he's saying queensland will lose their first decider at suncorp after going on a five-series deciding win streak. So I guess he's saying that... It's, it's happened twice before, hasn't it, where New South Wales have won a decider in yeah. Suncorp. Uh, he, I guess he's saying that it'll be a third time this Wednesday. Freddie, what's your bold prediction? Yeah, uh, last time was led by the great Andrew Johns. Uh, my bold prediction for this week is origin-related as well, and it'll be James Tedesco to score a try, lift the shield, and win the Wally Lewis medal. Very nice. Miles? I also have a state of origin um, based bold, um, although it's Queensland based. Um, I think that uh, despite New South Wales victory, as we've said, I think Tom Dearden will be good on debut. I, I'm backing him in to score a try on debut. Nice. I'd love to see it. And Chris? I'm going to go Daniel Tupo to score in origin, and he'll also score in his club game. 
Very nice. nice. Well, boys, uh, best of luck to both states, of course. I'm, I'm sure 75% of you are saying New South Wales. I'll say Queensland. But thank you both. Or thank you all, rather, for all of your thoughts and to Kieran for sending those through as well. And thanks to everybody that tuned in. And we'll see you next time when we tip you above the horizontal. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.